Hey, David. What's up? Have you ever uh, been to the mall the week before Christmas? Uh, unfortunately, yes. And have you have you ever tried to find a parking spot? Uh, well, yes. <laughs> have you ever seen an older lady push a shopping cart into a parking spot to make sure you couldn't have it while she was waiting for her husband because she saw the spot first? Are you, are you serious? I yeah. mean, I've I've seen people stand in parking spots and then like wave over the tops of the surrounding cars for someone who's driving around, but not to the extent of someone leaving a shopping cart there. Literally pushed the shopping cart in there and was waving people away from the spot. Jeez. So so me being me was like, uh, what are you doing? I'm waiting for my husband. He's on the other side of the mall. I was like, ah, I don't care. As I'm edging myself into the spot, she was not very happy. Like, and then so she did... tried she tried to hit my vehicle with the shopping cart, so I kind of gave up. And I was like, ah, this isn't worth it. Oh. And then I told her that I hope she steps in a slushy puddle and her socks stay wet for the rest of her shopping trip. Did you actually? <laughs> no, but I wanted oh, to so badly. <laughs> you know who you're not going to have to threaten, though? Who's that? All of this week's listeners of this episode of the Seen on Screen podcast. <laughs> hey, whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Seen on Screen podcast with your hosts, Sean and David. Holy moly, it's time. We did it. It's the episode before Christmas and all through the house. The speakers were bumping with our beautiful, beautiful voices. David. The sounds of our mouths. You, oh, you, totally, you totally had the opportunity and you... Did you, you ever watch Parks and Rec where John Ralphio would rap and then he would say one line too much so he couldn't rhyme? That's exactly what I just did. <laughs> uh, no, I haven't seen that. I had the road to destiny and I just lost it. You did. My dude, it's literally Christmas. We've got, we, we made it here. Congratulations. Uh, I, I'm very thankful for everything that we've done this year. Very, very appreciative of you. Um, I'm very appreciative of our listeners and uh, we're just here to have some fun tonight. That's all right. Well, we're here to have fun every night. That's true. <laughs> every week. Party some of the time. I, I, Want to rock and roll all night and party some of the day. That's true. Yeah, it's uh, it's the eve before the eve before Christmas Eve because Christmas uh, Eve Eve, eve? <laughs> a Christmas double double Eve. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we got a pretty good episode in store. We're going to talk about some of our favorite Christmas memories. We're going to talk about uh, what Home Alone. Yeah, some, yeah, some of us <laughs> not stuff. to name any names called us. Uh, we got called out for our hot takes in our in our Christmas movie episode. So David and I are going to deep dive into some of our favorite parts of Home Alone 1 and 2 and determine exactly which movie's better. Right? And uh, yeah. we're going to talk a little bit about some Christmas-themed video games or levels that take place around Christmas. And yeah, I wouldn't say that there's too many video games that are just overall Christmas-themed, but 
there's stuff that takes place during Christmas time. And actually, when we were going through uh, some of our lists, um, one of the games that we we are going to talk about or we're going to mention, I didn't even like think of, even though uh, surprisingly enough, these are games that I have beaten. <laughs> oh my so you god! Think, so you think I would remember that? But uh, yeah, other than that, yeah, it'll be uh, pretty chill. Yeah, this is this is it. Um, I I hope you have your eggnog ready. Uh, it's a missed opportunity that David doesn't have some on screen right now, but uh, he is rocking <laughs> our limited edition seen on screen podcast Christmas sweater. Oh, the camera's backwards. So yeah, I, I Nikon. wore that to a Christmas party and people are <laughs> yeah. like, your podcast has sweaters. That's so cool. It's like, yeah, yeah you want to buy one? $700. <laughs> and they're like, what? Yeah. Cause there's only three in existence. Yeah. So, Sean, what's new? What uh, what are you been up to the last little bit? Uh, are you excited for Santa coming to to visit your house? I am. I've been a good boy. I only play Warzone on Discord now, so other people can't hear me curse. Um, it's kind of nice. That's half the fun, though, of playing that kind of. No, I just the group of people I play with is very much like. Let's just play on Discord, have a chat, and like we play a lot of cross plat, so I get it. That's fair. But uh, this week has just been catching up on ye old good Christmas movies. So I went through our list and I, I started going through some of the movies I wanted to watch. I still haven't watched Christmas Vacation or The Night Before for obvious reasons. But we're here. I've got Violent Night on the docket tonight after we record. So that'll be a lot of fun. It's nice. Be a good time. Nice. Have you finished uh, The Santa Clauses? No. I haven't started it. Like you've seen season one, though, right? We did see season one. Yeah. Okay. Well, but we were like, do we do we want to watch this right now? Like we just, you know, when you watch a trailer and you're like, eh. Yeah, I mean, like by now, season two is long done. It's only six episodes or something like that. So, uh, for anyone that's remembered our some of our past rants about how TV shows are getting like the seasons are getting shorter and shorter and it's ruining things. Uh, the Santa Claus is season two is only six episodes. And it's so, so stupid. It's kind of ridiculous because the last episode, uh, I mean, while it is a, a satisfying conclusion to the story, it is just so rushed. They fit so much stuff in to like a 35, 40 minute episode. But that's what happened the last time I felt I felt in season one, the way they kind of built up the story was great. And then they made Cal Penn's character seem so menacing. And they're like, nah, let's let's not do that. Let's just let's let him have a change of heart. He's a good person. After he uh, takes over the North Pole and is just a jerk. <laughs> you know what? Season two is uh, plagued by the same ish problems. Same thing. It says they have a problem in the North Pole, and then because the episode's so sh- short and then the series ends so quickly, they can't actually, there's no real struggle at the North Pole. It's all like everything's leading up to it. Then it's like, oh, yeah, you know what? Uh, we forgot that this was only six episodes. So yeah. we got to cram three episodes worth of content into one. So a little disappointing, but nonetheless, I think uh, season two was much more enjoyable than season one. And it's not too long. It's something that you could binge watch over, uh, I would say, 
the the holiday, the Christmas break. Well, I still have a few days, six episodes. That's like it's going to be about what three and a half, four hours of content. Something Two like movies, that. I can do this. Yeah, uh, hell, you could watch it over like. Two two afternoons, two full afternoons. I'll see. Not what even I can do. full afternoons. Like it's just like two movies worth. Or put it on while you're doing some other stuff, putting some Lego together, playing on your Switch. Or well, we finished the not? Lego house in the nick of time. So we, um, I, I, I'm actually kind of a, bummed out that the build is over. I'm sure you guys have seen it all on Instagram, but. It's it was like so much fun, and we're gonna take it apart in like two weeks. Put it away. Now, are you gonna take it? I, I think we we kind of touched on this a little bit uh, when you had first got it. But have you changed your mind on whether or not you're gonna take it apart piece by piece? Or you're gonna try and keep rooms rather constructed. We're gonna rebuild next year because we're gonna order the light kit. So we want to make sure that it's like done nice. correctly. The biggest pain in the ass is, and if for this is for anybody who's built any bigger Legos, base plates uh, are tough to build because they don't come as one big sheet. They come as all these like little intricate pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learned that doing the friend set and then the home alone house. It's, it's a lot of like little filler pieces and they're just trying to keep you. It's monotonous building. The, agreement that we've come up to is we're going to get like a little plastic container and like Mm -hmm. some of the intricate pieces like the desks and the chairs we're not going to take apart we're just going to keep them together place them in Mm -hmm. and that's it walls and everything they can come right down that's fair yeah i mean uh typically the larger base plates those are a pain in the ass to take apart anyways because they have the like the all the flat yeah like two millimeter tall long skinny pieces um your did the kit come with only one of the lego tool device things yeah but we have a few of them now so i have probably about like 15 20 because every every kit comes with one right um actually i don't know if uh, people can see it right uh for viewers on of the show i have a little uh I don't know, shadow box with the thing there and uh, the sign that says, uh, in case of Lego break glass. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's made funny. that. Cause I'm like, you know what? I have all these things lying around. Why don't we, uh, make something with it? So when we, when I get my, my full Lego display set up, it's going to be on there because I don't know, it's kind of cool. I I have a buddy who built the, like he has some of those glass cabinets from Ikea mm-hmm. and it's just Pokemon cards. And he just bought the Avengers tower. And he's nice. going to put it in like uh, in glass so it doesn't get dusty. I was like, good for you, man. Yeah. Because everyone knows, stare at it. everyone knows that dust is uh, detrimental to the, uh, <laughs> the quality of a Lego. It's just brick. really hard to clean. It's very hard to clean. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you get the little swifter things and then they get caught in the corners and the, and whatnot. And yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Right. So I want to ask you a question before we, we kind of roll. With it, we're gonna we're gonna do some memories, then we're gonna do some some content, and then we're gonna do some memories and close it out. But I want to ask you because you and I are board game players, we're video game players. Mm-hmm. Video games typically happen on Christmas if you got a game and it was fun. But board games uh, or family games in general mm-hmm. have always been kind of a uh, uh, an integral piece of the fabric of like a family day, right? So do you remember any games on Christmas Eve that you played or Christmas day? Um, 
that you just really enjoyed playing. It didn't have to be like Christmas themed or not, but uh, just something that like you you've done traditionally. You know what? My family has never really traditionally played board games together, uh, especially like around Christmas time or the holiday season or whatnot. Uh, when we were younger, it was more so because we were all busy doing our own thing, kind of like playing video games together. Mario Kart, Mario Party, those were the big things around yep. Christmas time, right? Um, we didn't have a whole lot of board games growing up. We had like the we had Monopoly and we had Sorry and Mastermind. Do you remember that one? Yep. Had those, uh, but not really anything significant. Uh, it actually was actually last not last year, the year before, uh, before I moved up to uh, live closer to Santa Claus, um, I had got one of those uh, like es- like escape room kind of like mystery. I guess they were kind of like one of the escape room oh, games. Oh, the Christmas one? It wasn't a Christmas one. We just we just got one um, that looked kind of cool. And I was like, you know what? Like, this is something that we can all do socially, right? Like, it's... Uh, you don't have to really learn the rules. You just kind of figure it out as you go with like basic rules. Um, and so we did that. It was, uh, what is it? Murder on the Orient Express or something like that, or the themes thing. And it was fun. You know, people kind of could put in as much or as little effort as they wanted to, but it was a cool, it was enjoyable as a family. And then um, not so much around Christmas, but when we were down there again um, this summer, uh, before we came back up, I got, uh, I, I think we might have posted on our Instagram story. Um, but remember, I picked up uh, those exit or no, the escape yep. room games. Yep. So I got that from uh, Value Village for like 10 bucks complete. Everything was in there. And so we tried to uh, do one of the, the things together and uh, failed miserably. But I mean, it's I think it's something that uh, because I have more of a collection. um it's going to probably become more of a, a tradition in my current family and and in the future, right? Because uh, I don't know, it's it's a lot of fun to do that kind of stuff, you know, kill cultists oh. and stuff like that on Christmas. So, sounds good <laughs> to me. I um we we've really only played like one or two games traditionally as long as I remember. My grandma used to have this board um up at our cottage when we had it and it was like a dutch board game but it was um it was a shuffleboard with four windows and uh they, it's called like shula or slogan and okay it's, there there's different scores but um if you put your puck in the same one somebody else does it cancels out it's just a really fun shuffleboard game and like ours is still in great condition it's a beautiful board it's a it's a little bit of a longer table game so we play that we've played like the um the car like the um old board game labyrinth yeah where you you push the tiles so that one's been a kind of a big one um we've also done the mario karts um we did tetris um my in-laws we do we use my vr and everybody just plays mini golf but uh we think this on. year this year it's going to be power wash simulator yeah like we <laughs> talked about um on our previous episode David and I are now addicted to that game. Uh, if you didn't hear our our conversation about Power Wash Simulator, go back. I think it's two episodes, and Something you'll like that, hear it. Yeah. It's great. Um, the game that I'm most excited to play this year, board game wise, is a little game I picked up earlier in the year at a thrift store. David, do you remember what I bought? It was a Kickstarter mm-hmm. game, and 
we were both surprised that I found it. I found it for $5 and it sold on Kickstarter for about 50. It was an epic battle. And I thought you were honestly trolling me a little bit earlier in our chat with the AI generated images you were making. But I have the epic party game, Santa versus Jesus. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I remember. And you're you're supposed to convert believers in the game. Just <laughs> like I was reading over some of the instructions and the rules. Um, Team Santa, Mrs. Claus, Rudolph, Prancer, Vixen, and one of the elves versus a sugar plum fairy, eggnog, or a candy cane. Or wait, um, those are all the things Team Santa has. Team Jesus has Jesus, Mary, Joseph, uh, Gabriel, a donkey, and one of three wise men, myrrh, Frank, or gold. I could tell you I would not be uh, using eggnog to win the game. I would. I would convert people with eggnog. Yeah. <laughs> Here, this is the the blood of Santa. <laughs> the blood of eggy milk. The blood of Santa, yeah. Yeah, uh, okay, so <laughs> people are probably wondering what the hell like you're talking about, like the AI-generated Santa versus Jesus. No, people were hoping you wouldn't talk about it. <laughs> uh, no, okay, so the reason why this started, and I haven't shown you, Sean, but uh, someone posted a picture on Reddit of uh, RoboCop and <laughs> RoboCop kissing uh, C-3PO. Uh, and there's the giant can of WD-40 on there. That's funny. Uh, and so that's when we, you and I started talking about AI-generated stuff, and we just uh, we searched up. I just searched up like some AI generator image thing. So I just typed in uh, Santa fighting Jesus, and uh, we got some pretty good ones. So maybe we'll post those on, on our Instagram, not to offend anyone, but hey, it's you know it's the ultimate fight of the non-denominational holiday season, right? That is true. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I was curious because everybody kind of has their different things on uh, Christmas Eve. Like when I was living with my parents or staying at my parents on Christmas Eve, it would be like you'd watch a movie, you'd hang out. And then my sister and I, uh, for the longest time, would either play Mario Party till like one or two o'clock in the morning. And just anytime something bad happened, you took a drink or you play Mario Kart and you just drink until you can't play Mario Kart. Um since or over the last few years we've kind of done our own traditional thing at home where we watch like we watch like some of the the classic um specials as i i call them um and then we turn on the night before and then we go to bed that's just the night yeah and that's one of the only nights we still run t like we don't sleep with the tv on anymore but we always put on like christmas music overnight and it just like you fall asleep by the fake you will log on the the on YouTube and you just listen to Christmas music and you wake up and you're all happy and bubbly with Christmas joy, uh, joy, cheer, Christmas joy. <laughs> I was going to say cheer and joy at the same time. That's what came I mean. Out. That works. Christmas joy. Um, we like would bon typically, joy, but for Christmas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You only have it once, <laughs> once a year. Uh, we would typically, so when we were younger, uh, we would have to go to church uh on christmas and as as children you know under the age of 12 that is the worst thing on christmas we would wake up at like 3 4 a.m and we'd see all our presents down under the tree we'd just like sneak down there and we could like we'd open up our stockings and like start devouring that stuff and and uh you know our parents would come down and be like get back to bed right so (laughs) that was so we were so excited and then we'd wake up and then it's like no, we gotta go to church, and we're like, oh, like, why are you doing this to us? So then, <laughs> we'd go to church. 
literally rush home and it's like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And my dad was be like, oh, let's have breakfast, you know? And he's like, no, no time for food or <laughs> nutrients. We need presents. Uh, and then eventually we decided to go to, uh, we started to go to uh, Christmas Eve mass. Uh, and it was a little bit more tolerable. Now, as I got, uh, as we got older and people had to work on Christmas Eve, um, I know there was a one year. I remember this is the one year I worked until nine o'clock and we'd always go to like the 10 o'clock mass. And I just worked like a full shift at my job. I got home. I was starving and they were getting ready to go. And my mom was like, no, you're not supposed to eat an hour before Christmas or before mass. And I'm like, what the hell? We're not going swimming. I'm not going to get a cramp sitting there. So I, I took a bunch of uh Ferrero for what? Ferrero. Ferrero Rochers. <laughs> Rochers. That was had them, had them in my pocket, and I was uh, munching on those during there. But uh, eventually, you know, with uh, you know, when as we all kind of like moved away, uh, you know, that that tradition kind of ended. Um, so then we would just kind of all get together Christmas Eve, watch movies, drink some eggnog and rum and other mixed beverages, have lots of hors d'oeuvres, stuff like that. Um, that and sounds then, like a great night. Yeah, and it, it was just great. We would watch, uh, you know, my favorite uh, Christmas uh, Christmas story. We'd watch National Lampoon's uh, Christmas Vacation. Uh, we'd usually put on some other random, like we'd usually select like another random Christmas movie that we didn't watch the year prior. Right. So we have our staples, but then uh, we watch something else as well. I have like uh, this weird fever dream memory, and like, bear with me. But, like, I remember waiting for my grandparents to come over on Christmas Eve because they stayed with us. And we watched a movie, and I could not tell you much about it, but I just know that the mannequin turned human. I think it was the girl's mom. It was so weird and confusing. And I was like, what are we watching? Why are we watching this? Why can't we watch The Grinch and Rudolph, Olive, and all that stuff? I remember when we were younger, like, really younger, and before we discovered the the joy of a Christmas story and all that stuff. My dad would make us watch it's a wonderful life because according to him, it was like the greatest Christmas movie ever made. And we hated it. Like we are children under the age of 10 at this point, like You're four like, boys why is that guy swimming on Christmas Eve. Why, why do, do we have jump to off watch the bridge? This, right. I, I hate that movie so much because my, my, we were forced to watch it every year. Um, but yeah. And then eventually we don't have people don't have fire fireplaces anymore. Like, so you said like, you'd play the, put the Yule, Yule log on, right? So we'd load up uh, YouTube and there is a 10 hour, uh, Yule log of Darth Vader burning. <laughs> so <laughs> someone took, it starts off with the very end of, uh, return of the Jedi, right? How, uh, there's like Luke putting the torch down and then Darth Vader's body engulfs in flames. And so it's a 10 hour loop. Uh, crackling fire in the background and all that stuff and it's just Darth Vader <laughs> burning so that's our tradition uh, traditional Yule log now when we open up presents on uh, Christmas morning in the frozen tundra of the North Pole so do the yeah. elves just come to your house um, yeah you know? yeah actually you know what funny story well not really funny uh, so the other night I'm lying in bed well like not in okay. bed just on bed right i'm just kind of on relaxing <laughs> Got it. i'm not under the covers. i'm just relaxing there right 
And then all of a sudden I hear this like bang, 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 bang on the the side of the house, like the window. And I'm like, what the hell? And I thought, okay, so like our front, our, our, the walls to our bedroom uh, on the, the one wall is directly at the, like the front steps. Right. So I thought maybe someone's banging on the door, like knocking on the door, you know, a, a late night delivery man or something like that. Delivery woman, delivery child. Uh, <laughs> so I go over to the, the door and there's no one there. And I'm like, what the hell? So I thought, OK, is there a package here? Nothing. So I check out my my cameras for my friend and there's three kids uh, walking in front of the house and they stop right in front of the house. And I can see them like talking to each other for a bit. And then one of these kids like runs to the front of the house, bangs on the window a few times, and then they all run away. Really? Yeah. <laughs> this is so random. It's like, why do you guys pick my house? It's because it's it's because it's the most decorated and most lit up. And they're Grinches. They don't like it. Oh no, not the Grinches. Mm-hmm. Plural. Oh, both of them. Just rude. I know. One of the games, and, and you remind me of that like little shuffleboard game that you, you have. Uh, if you play Crokinole? Yeah. So it's I have hard really, to find a good Crokinole board. I have a very good Crokinole board with lots of different colored uh, discs and a, uh, a whole bunch of... Actually, I think I was with you when we were... When I was trying to find... Maybe I wasn't. We were, uh, at, F, uh, we were at F.G. Bradley's. I'm yeah, and I was some. getting the uh, the wax. It's actually shuffleboard wax, but it works for the crokinole crokinole board. So that's also a, a game that uh, is great for like Christmas Eve or Christmas Day because it's just like super casual. You know, we used to like trouble. Trouble, trouble is a good one. It was the only uh, mouse... trouble we were allowed to be in on Christmas Eve. Mouse trap. Too much uh, setup time. There was a uh, one year my my two nieces were uh, we, we were all visit like we were all at my parents' house for Christmas and my two nieces were there from uh, uh, Alberta and they had come up with a um like a a game a competition but with hungry hungry hippos okay so I haven't played that game in so long but let me tell you when hungry hungry hippos comes out like it is like nobody holds back. Oh, you those can't. hippos! Those hippos are hungry, and they're gonna eat those marbles. <laughs> and if but, they don't, uh, I mean, that was the last time I played Hungry Hungry Hippos, and uh, I think I need to. Uh, I think I need to get Hungry Hungry Hippos again. That could be a good Christmas tradition. The 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 hippo. What, what can we call it? Like WWF, but H H H. Hungry Hungry Hippos. Oh my god! The challenge. The challenge. <laughs> Okay, let's yeah. talk video games for a minute. All right, everyone likes video games. Yeah, there are some some really awesome Christmas themed games. Um, we compiled a little bit of a like a baby list, and the one thing that I was confused about was I I, I the the way I look at some of these games, I was like, was that Christmas? Like, was Batman? Was the Arkham games really a Batman level, or did I just or a Christmas level? Or was it just set around Christmas? And Arkham Origins is around Christmas. So, yeah, technically it could be a christmas e game. But it doesn't really make you feel Christmassy. No, because it's Batman. But the Division, on the other hand, you definitely knew it was at Christmas. There's presents everywhere. There's Christmas trees being lit on fire. 
well, yeah, doesn't the division kind of take place around like the hall, like uh, like November, December? It is. I think it takes place like the week of Christmas or two, something like that. Yeah, because again, like the the city's frozen in time, right? Mm-hmm. I don't recall a lot of snow, but there's like um, like there's Christmas trees and everything in every department store that you work in. Yeah. What else so, we got? Um, like, there's not really a lot of games that have that are Christmas themed. Like, other than like the actual movie tying games for Home Alone and I, I guess Home Alone Two probably. Um, there's there's not a whole lot of stuff that is the the game itself is a Christmas game, but a lot of times like there's either levels that kind of take place with stuff thrown around for Christmas or they have like DLC. I know uh Serious Sam, I think 3 ha- in December has a Christmas mode. Yep. Where uh it, you start the level, there's a Christmas tree in the middle of uh the level and it's like the first level and there's uh, I think like four or five different ornaments around that area so if you collect all the ornaments then the whole map and everything changes to christmas and then all like the enemies have like santa hats on them and stuff like that so it's pretty fun uh that way but uh what was uh i think was it dead rising dead rising 4 was christmas themed it was the one where you're frank and you're back in the mall that's right and it's like because. just after or just before Christmas. Mm-hmm. So everything's like crazy. There's like a Santa display. Um, some of the weapons and blueprints are like candy cane blasters and all that kind of stuff. The point I think we're trying to make here is there's not a lot of video game content when it comes to Christmas. Um, I honestly forgot completely that there was Home Alone games made. Uh, yeah, I know. Well, I mean, it came out for the NES. Yeah. So that's probably why. Is it so long ago? Isn't there like a part of Yakuza that's Christmassy? Okay, so this is the game that I was talking about. <laughs> so the Yakuza games typically take place in, uh, like uh, the the fall winter time. Um, although it doesn't necessarily say specifically that it's christmas when you go into specific stores so i'm going to take uh, yakuza kiwami for example that's like the first yakuza game you go into stores and shops and stuff like that and a lot of times like there's christmas music playing they might have uh they might have like wreaths and decorations on the walls and stuff like that um and so then it's like oh so uh, it is christmas uh <laughs> and it's funny i was playing um, I was playing the other the other week or whatever, and uh, she who should not be named comes in. She's like, "Is this is this a Christmas game?" <laughs> and I'm like, "No," but it takes place at Christmas time. Um, I said yes. I should have. Uh, there is though. I think it's Yakuza Five. Um, I haven't got to that one yet, but there's a section there that actually legitimately takes place like at Christmas time. The 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 there's snow everywhere. There's like mini games that involve snow, Christmas stuff like that. So um, it's kind of like 
I wouldn't necessarily say it's a staple of the Yakuza games, but it is kind of like an ongoing thing. That's yeah. uh, fairly regular with with a lot of the games. Did you ever play the Escapist games? Not really. Like I never really got into them. I I dabbled a little bit in uh the first one when it came out, but uh it was one of those like indie games that I could never really get into. Right, it's just a, it's it's a world builder, but in this case you're building a prison that you're escaping from. Yeah. There is a Christmas DLC called Santa's Sweatshop. It's actually pretty fun. Uh, what are you doing it? You escape the North Pole-ish. Or you escape a prison that's under Christmas. Um, you focus on just trying to like actually escape, but there's there's like you can use like some of the presents and tinsel to actually help aid your escape, which is kind of cool. It's just it's just different. Mm-hmm. Right, um, there are different games are not for everybody for sure, but uh the the biggest games that I remember as a kid were like the end was it Endstorm that had elf bowling and elf bowling two i endstorm I was thought it those were like actual games they were web based endstorm elf bowling, yeah, I got I it. know, oh yeah, I remember this elf bowling, and then didn't it come out with? The first two were good. So the first one, I remember, like, to this day, the little elves were little assholes. Like, fewer toys, higher wages. And then they released a second web-based one called Elf Bowling 2, which was on a cruise ship. And you, I think it was Shuffleboard, no? It was Uh, was like bowling, but you, you, like, Yeah, and and they released this for the, for, uh, the Game Boy Advance. Really? Yeah. Uh, they they released Elf Bowling one and two on the Game Boy Advance, um, and on Windows. But uh, Elf Bowling GBA, yeah, when did it come out? Nineteen ninety nine. I mean, those were the the heydays of uh, web based games. games, right? Like, especially when we were younger, and yeah, we didn't have a whole lot. Yeah, Elf Bowling. I remember like this. In 1999, game. that was like inappropriate. There was a movie, Elf Bowling the movie, The Great North Pole Elf Strike. Really? There was also Elf Bowling the Hawaiian Vacation. I remember that one. It was a little bit more 3D. It was done by a different group, and it's on iPhone and iPad. That's so funny. Maybe. Elf Bowling is going to be my uh, random movie to watch on Christmas Eve. This looks so bad, but it looks so good at the same time. I mean, nothing's going to nothing's going to uh, top the Star Wars Holiday Special. And uh, I don't know. Maybe this year. I, I know I've mentioned it before. Maybe this year is the year that I actually finish it. You're running out of days before you can even try. I know. I know. I mean, you can watch after the week after Christmas still counts. Well, because that, here's the thing with the Star Wars holiday special: it's it's not straight up a Christmas movie. It's just a holiday season special. They celebrate Life Day, so it's not even really connected specifically to Christmas. Uh, it was just something that came out around the holidays of Christmas. So I don't know. That's it. It's it's it. It's mm-hmm. right. What about Spider-Man Miles Morales? The game you didn't actually play. I played. No, you played for me. Yeah, yeah I 
crush that shit. <laughs> so uh, tell me, is that a uh, so Miles Morales? Is that the whole episode? Like the whole game? Does that take place? At it's all yeah, Christmas it's all at time. Christmas. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's great. It's beautiful. Like I know we rag on PlayStation a lot right now, just for some of the stuff that they do. But like, it's not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. So all right. Well, <laughs> I don't even. That's the thing. Is like, there's so many. There's so many games out there that have like winter themed stuff, right? But winter is different than Christmas. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. So it makes it harder to determine whether or not something is actually a Christmas game. Like now, the Hitman games all have some sort of like Christmas uh mission right where it happens at a christmas party or whatnot you can always always dress up as santa claus and commit murder <laughs> yeah right um and so that's that's been kind of a i guess a staple of the hitman games but also like the hitman games are known for being able to get or dress up as different people in different professions and and stuff like that right so you you blend in. So Christmas time. Dogs, you could take over a Santa. Oh yeah, that's true. Nailed it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, Christmas time is a, a perfect, a perfect time uh, or a perfect theme for a game like that, where you need to take the identity of someone else. It's true. The, um, the one game I always remember and like, I've never played them. I maybe played a collective hour, but my other half really liked them. And I watched her play through. It was kind of nice being on the other side of the couch, you know, mm-hmm. kingdom hearts. There is a Christmas town level. Now. Halloween town. Well, isn't there also a Christmas town version? Uh, no, it, well, so Halloween town, it in kingdom hearts too, is the Christmas theme. So then it's Christmas town. Yeah. But it's it's Halloween town. Okay. You win. It's Christmas town. <laughs> I've defeated you. Okay, I guess it is it is Christmas town. But it's it's Halloween town. You know what I mean? It gets yeah, the same yeah, thing. Yeah, but I, I get you. I get same thing but you. different. <laughs> yeah, because like I think when you're playing them. Um, you have the opportunity. I think you start the game off in like that Halloween town gothic feel, and then it gets mm-hmm. all snowy and candy cane filled, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. And I may or may not. Now, David, let's talk Home Alone. Okay, so we had a few, as we like to call them, eagle-eared listeners. Not only think that we didn't rank Home Alone properly at all. They agreed that mine in the top five was a lot better than yours out of the top five. <laughs> Who are these people? I want to fight them Home Alone style. Yeah. You know what? In the Instagram, you, you go attack them personally and then they won't ever listen again. I will. They're like, take my eggy milk. <laughs> Anywho, the, the debate that we've started is, is Home Alone 2 better than Home Alone 1? I'm still of the side that says no. However, I have had conversations where people have said the hijinks and overall cleverness of Kevin is 
way more advanced in the second movie. Now, obviously, he had to learn on the fly the first time. And he's a little bit older, a little bit wiser. He's a little bit more of a smartass. But if we go for the first two movies, and since we recorded and aired our Christmas special, Macaulay Culkin... Oh, we we talked about it. Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. yeah. He, he got on his uh, Hollywood Walk of Fame. Um, more and more people are going back and dissecting these two movies. So, David, as a postmortem to that episode, and just in general, what makes you like two more than one? Well, it's not that I liked two more than one. I feel like the Christmas message of two is stronger than that of Home Alone 1. And I'm going to reiterate what I said in our Christmas uh, movie episode. Home Alone 2 has... uh, uh, Kevin learns more about the importance of giving and the spirit of Christmas and, you know, being with family and sharing moments with each other. And uh, it's more about, it's not so much about getting presents, about being with people and being, being present. Whereas Home Alone 1, yes, it was a Christmas movie, takes place during Christmas vacation, stuff like that. But it's more about the hijinks and like the kid, a kid defending his house, right? Like, so it's not so much a, uh, whether or not one is better than two or vice versa. But I think the overall Christmas message was stronger in Home Alone 2 versus Home Alone 1. Yeah, I mean, that one, the only thing that's missing is Dominic Toretto being like family over everything. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, Home Alone 2 was uh, on a bigger scale. Of course, uh, they had more to work with, but which makes it a little bit less realistic. I mean, aside from pretty much everyone, like the the guys would have been easily dead after like some of the first (laughs) uh, incidents is that they run into in the first movie. Um, I mean, there's no way that a kid could get away with what he did. Uh, in Home Alone 2, like in the hotel and all that stuff, right? Like, no one would... It, it, that wouldn't fly. It's it like, is me, <laughs> the father. Right? Uh, whereas Home Alone 1, I think a kid being stuck at home and having free reign to the house uh, and, you know, all of the, essentially the tools of the house at his disposal to defend the house, I mean, that makes more sense and is more realistic versus 2 in that sense, but... uh now, we also know that, like, Kevin's father is super rich. We have no idea what Kevin's mother does. But Mr. McAllister, very, very well off, right? And oh, yeah. his brother, also super loaded. Like, they gutted that house in the 90s. That is, it is wild how much money that family has, especially when they're flying their entire family. And it wasn't even the brother that was with them. It was their other brother, right? Mm. That they never meet. It's it's crazy. So you... there's a bunch of <laughs> there's a bunch of posts online. It's like how rich are the McAllisters? How much money does Kevin McAllister's dad have? Um, someone has like they're spending like flying first class to Paris. They're spending fifty thousand dollars on a trip. Um, 
Home Alone House recently sold for $1.5 million. That was about seven years ago. Um, oh, like seven years ago, seven years ago, PC pre COVID. That house yeah, got yeah. worth $18 million. I know. Um, so once that person says, well, the uncle who was well off paid for the trip in the first movie. That's true, actually. Uh, Kevin's dad paid for the trip to Florida in the sequel. Uh, I thought yeah, they because... were going to Florida because the other brother was a cheapskate. No, I think they were just wanted to get away from the winter. Hmm. Oh, no, they. It was Hold the... on. No, yeah. they went to Florida in the first one. That's right. Um, and uh, I think the uncle says, you better not ruin my trip, little, you little sourpuss. Your dad's paying good money for it. Yeah. And then he says, gee, sorry to spoil your fun, Mr. Cheapskate. Right, Cheapskate. right, right. Yeah. I mean, he's got to easily be making, like, in what year was that, like the 90, or uh, 1990s? Easily making, you know, upwards of 150 to 200,000. A year, like to be able to pay for all that stuff for seven people. Like, what would a hundred fifty thousand USD in nineteen ninety? What are you looking for? Like the inflation? Yeah. So the value of so if he was making a hundred fifty thousand US dollars in nineteen ninety, that's the equivalent of about three hundred fifty thousand dollars in twenty twenty three. Wow, and. I I would say uh, based off of how many people he's they're paying for all these flights and trips and all that stuff. The fact that like the credit card that they have uh, in the second movie, you know, it's got pretty much no limit on it, right? Well, they yeah, because he's like booking it. at the Plaza Hotel. Yeah, he keeps charging it, right? So clearly, he's. Uh, He's loaded for, especially in the 1990s. I don't think he like kept charging it. He charged it at the hotel. Um, oh yeah, because no, at the, he at the end he gets the bill. He gets the yeah, uh, a, a bunch of cash, but then they get the room bill afterwards. Yeah, and that's when he uh, dad yells, "Kevin, Kevin!" Yeah, nine hundred sixty-two dollars, okay, so, I think. So you are in the mindset that Home Alone one is better than Home Alone 2. Yes. Explain yourself. It's the first. That doesn't sequels, necessarily mean anything. Sequels are rarely better than the first movie. Did you and like it, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 better than the first one? Oh, boy. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was the Nova Corps. And it was, it was good. Iron Man like, 2, was that better than Iron Man 1? Yes. Prove my point. No, I didn't prove shit. You just want me to get to Iron Man 4. I know what you're up to. Um, Iron don't Man hurt, 3, Christmas don't, movie. Don't hurt me like that. Don't hurt me. Don't, hurt, Iron, don't, Iron don't say blasphemous things. <laughs> okay, so here, here's the bottom line for me. When it comes to Christmas movies, the original is almost always better. You want to watch Santa Claus 1 or Santa Claus 2? Um... See, the thing is, Santa Claus 2 is pretty fire. But, no, it's pretty rushed, though, compared to the first one. Do you want to watch Frosty or Frosty Returns? Well, Frosty Returns is hot trash in comparison. Oh, there you go. (laughs) I I, I can do this all day. Do you want to watch The Christmas Prince 1 or 2? 
You want to watch Elf Bowling One or Elf Bowling Two? <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, the the movie was one hundred percent my childhood. I know the second movie didn't come out that much later, um, but I always wanted to draw the battle plan. Right, like I would, I would sit in my room and I would draw out my house and I would put where I would put my traps to catch my dad. You know, like just just that movie was the way into a child's heart and imagination because obviously I knew what was happening on the TV wasn't real to, to an extent because mm-hmm. like it was told to me that it wasn't real. But at the, at the same time, <laughs> your parents are like now, Sean, remember this isn't real. You can't actually do that. And your you dad's can't like electrocute somebody with a, <laughs> your sink. dad's like locking up his power tools. And <laughs> um, but also just, I don't, like I remember like growing up and until I saw Christmas vacation home alone was the funniest movie I had ever seen for Christmas. It was not even close. There was nothing else funnier to me because it was like slapstick comedy. There was always, it was like, there was more funny shock for, for me in that movie than there was in two. Like because I already saw it all happen the first time, it wasn't nearly as funny to watch them get hit. Like it is still funny to see them get hit in the face with bricks nonstop, but like they tried a lot harder to make some of those jokes land. And like, like, Oh, what, what, what is that? What do you, do you hear that? It sounds like our tool chest coming down the stairs. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like I get it. And, and the thing is like the first movie, that was original, right? Like, there's nothing out like that before, so it makes sense. And I like as you're saying that the movie was was funny, uh, and it was like super funny as a kid. I honestly like, I can't remember thinking that the movie was absolutely hilarious. I think like as a kid, it's funny to see that that stuff, right? Um, but I think. I have I have more memories of seeing that movie as I was older where you're watching the stuff you know it's going to happen and it's more of like the uh, you know like when you see another guy get you know shot in the the below the waist yeah and it's like oh I mean every every guy in the vicinity feels feels the pain it's more it's more like that like when something happens you're like oh my god like that would suck that would hurt but it's funny because it's we know it's not real. It's true. Stu- like when he heats up the uh, the handle, the doorknob, right? Like it's funny because how ridiculous it is, right? Yeah. Um, but like I, again, like you you say that and how ridiculous it is. But they they already said that like they they didn't want to go through that funhouse again. And then in that second movie, they do the same thing. They're like they're not testing things, but like, like, do they just forget? They, they clearly didn't forget because they're trying to kill this kid. It's not even, they're trying to capture him. They're just trying to straight up murder this child. Well, yeah. Right. Like, right. And like, that's, that's the plot of the movie from their side of things. So they're trying to murder this child. They're pulling things and their hair is going on fire. The toilet's filled with friggin' like, um, lighter fluid or whatever. Um, kerosene on the rope. But uh, here's the thing, though. Like in the second movie, though, there are there are parts where they're like, "Hold up, you idiot!" Like, you do you not forget? 
like, do you remember this before? And they test something, right? Yeah, they then- pull, they pull a string or whatever. They move out of the way. It, the thing goes by, and then it's like okay, and then they make a make a step forward, the, the and bell, then they get yeah. hit by something else, right? And I think that's where the second one, because they could have very well just done the same stuff over and over again, right? And then it would have been boring. But the fact that they acknowledge the hijinks of the first movie and and try to avoid it, but also it doesn't work is what makes it funny in the second movie. And I think what, for me, that's what makes it more enjoyable because you know that it's going to happen. Regardless, you know that they're going to get their ass kicked by by something, right? But the fact that they are aware of it's something similar happening already in the past, I think it's like one of those like I don't know, as as the audience, you can relate or you can connect with them a little bit more because yeah. as the audience, you know that it's going to happen anyways, right? But it's like there's that differentiation where it's like, okay, at that moment, both you as the audience and the character are on the same page, right? They're like, oh, yeah, they did this last time. But then it gets to that point where you know that something's going to happen, and that's where things kind of the, 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 the character and your knowledge as a viewer takes a, a different direction because as a viewer, you know something's going to happen, but they're stupid and they don't realize that, right? So it it brings you into the movie a little bit more. It allows you to connect with the bad guys, which a lot of movies don't necessarily let you do. But at the same time, it pulls you back and has you uh, connect with kind of like what made the first movie so good, right? Like well, with those. Every year I get older, I resonate more and more with Darth Vader. <laughs> In what way? Just becoming more and more angry at the world. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like, I think you and I are going to be at a stalemate no matter how hard we we debate this or try it. I think in this case, for me, the original was is always going to be near and dear to my heart. It's the movie that I want to watch most, like when I'm starting watching Christmas movies. The, The second one, I could passively watch. The first one, I can't walk away from. Huh. It's and, it's weird. And you know what? I'm I'm kind of opposite, right? The first one I can have it on, and it's like okay, I can kind of come and go and whatnot. Um, but the second one, I'm like, oh no, I, I get stuck watching this. Even when Kevin's like trying to get caught, and then he like slips on the ice, you knew he wasn't going to get away twice. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm I'm. Thanks everyone for calling us out. You know, <laughs> at least mine was in the top five. So technically that makes me better. Well to each their own. We'll agree to disagree. To each their own. Now, David, you pulled an audio clip. Now it's an older audio clip for sure. Um, but you pulled an audio clip and it's been going viral lately with a few other things. Um and this to me is just like a reminder of how much fun Christmas was as a kid. And it really resonates with the whole, like you get what you get and you don't get upset, but also like that magical moment where you treat somebody to something that's just so fantastic and mind blowing to them that they're just so grateful. I was, 
I was flipping through TikTok and there's three Christmas trends that are really out there right now. There's the the um the Michael Bublé uh, Beyonce one where it's like it's Bublé being like Santa Claus is coming and then it goes to Beyonce and it's cut right to all over your face. Oh yeah, I see. It's yeah, I see <laughs> so <that>. good. <laughs> the second one is people trying to make up Hallmark movies in one minute and they're fantastic. Uh, big city girls engaged to be married and has to break off the engagement to to small city man and it's just it's all over the place and the third one is i don't know if you remember this video but it's the kid who gets a ps2 for christmas and he's given like a memory card and he's like oh it's for the ps2 and his grandma's like oh no i'm sorry i thought that was the one and then somebody gives him a controller and it's a PS2 controller. And he's still not picking up what's going on. Cause like clearly there's a video camera on him. And he's like, mm-hmm. Oh, I have a PS1, but that's okay. I love it anyways. And he's just such a sweet child. And then like a few more things happen. And then there's a, a gift behind the tree that's hidden. And he just bursts into tears because it's a PS2. And like you're like, yeah. Like, I know getting video game consoles isn't what Christmas is all about, for sure. I mean, as a kid, it is. That or video games. If you got video games, like, that was the best. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember getting the most popular video game console when I was a child. And I I know you got one around Christmas as well, I believe. Or did you have it uh, prior to? Are, Are you talking about... You talk about that Nintendo sixty four, right? Yes, the yeah. most popular <laughs> Christmas gift I think ever. In in like, I like growing up, getting a sixty four was the the best. It was the coolest gift I ever got. Yeah, and like I got a lot of really cool things, but the Nintendo sixty four, like you, we, we, David and I grew up in an age where social media didn't exist. Cell phones weren't around when we were kids. You learned about the Nintendo 64 from commercials. That Smash Brothers commercial where mm-hmm. Mario and Luigi, I think it was Mario, Yoshi, Donkey Kong, and somebody else, or oh, Pikachu, I think, were skipping yeah. Yeah. through the, the, the like a park, sing, uh, like a game, uh, was it So Happy Together or something? Somebody, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. All the 64 content you got was either at McDonald's or the the TV. You or the toys or, or the, the toys or us uh the toy or Walmart. zone or the R zone, I think it was called. Yeah, R zone. The Toys R Us or the Walmart flyers that came in the mail. Right? So we grew up in a time where social media didn't influence what we asked for for Christmas. We knew about it because like you went to a friend's house who might have got it early. Or mm-hmm. You you knew about it because you saw an advertisement and you're like, this is the coolest thing ever. It's like, look at how cool those graphics look. They look way better than my Super Nintendo. Oh my God, Mario's 3D, right? The third dimension. Yeah, and, and you know what? Like, uh, with the family, like, there's four boys in my family, right? So our our parents couldn't afford to get everyone, like, big 
gifts and lots of gifts, right? Like we would get stuff. We would get a significant amount of stuff, but there's always like that one gift that was uh, for all of us. And uh, I remember the N64 bundle that we got. It was the two controller bundle came with the atomic purple controller and Mario Kart 64. And we got, uh, what else did we get? We got Star Wars Rogue Squadron with it. They got us that separately and all that. Uh, and we played the shit out of Mario Kart. Like, honestly, you get that N64 and you open up everything else and it doesn't matter. Like, you just you just want to get that N64 hooked up and, and you start playing. And that was amazing. And then a few years later, the next thing, like, for, well, when the... The PS2 came out and like the Xbox and GameCube, you know, things kind of changed a little bit because people were more interested. Like people had their interests that were different. Right. Yeah. Um, But like with the N64, it was PS1 uh, was the real main competitor or Sega, the Sega Genesis. Yeah. And it was like like that. Mario and Pikachu and Donkey Kong. Yoshi versus Sanic the Hedgehog. Yeah. And uh, uh, I guess Parappa the Rapper, Jack, Ratchet and Clank. Mm-hmm. And then Banjo-Kazooie came out. Oh, yeah. We got Banjo. We got uh, for the one year Banjo, Banjo-Tooie. Oh, the second one. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I never, I never actually played the first one. We never got the first one, but <laughs> we got the second game in in the series for Christmas one year. Um, and that was a ton of fun. We played that game. Not that was one of our most played games on our N64. Yeah. I think Donkey Kong 64, which I know you and I argue about all the time, was one of the first major games. Actually, I think it was the first 3D game that was considered kind of open world to us mm-hmm. that we beat. Like we didn't get Mario 64 cuz we love Donkey Kong. We played so much like we had Mario World or Super Mario World and a few other games for our Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. But we didn't have a lot of games. We we valued the ones that we had. Mm-hmm. So video games were like a really big treat for us mm-hmm. and like I had a Game Boy. So I was also playing the absolute shit out of Pokemon Red. But when it came down to the 64, the first three games we owned, actually, I think it was four. So we got, for Christmas, we got Donkey Kong with the console. Mm-hmm. And my dad really wanted GoldenEye. Good choice. Of course. Of course. Yeah, right? Great choice. So we played the crap out of those. And then my mom really loved Tetris. So we ended up getting the new Tetris, which is... If you haven't played this on Nintendo 64 or an emulator, it is the best version of Tetris that exists. You can build like uh, gold and silver blocks that actually give you point multipliers, which is really, really fun. I remember that being like the local wild year. We didn't own Mario Kart for probably a year. We got like we got random games. We went and like rented games all the time. Like um, there was one that I think was like Punchbug Racing. Oh yeah, we, yeah. We had Top Gear Rally. We had a bunch of those games. They were a lot of fun, but it was just like we didn't have Super Mario sixty four for the first large chunk of our our sixty four playing time. See, we, we had we, Mario Kart because it was fun, but that yeah, was it. we had we got Mario sixty four. I honestly, I've never owned Donkey Kong sixty four, and I've only ever played like the very beginning of the game 
uh, at my cousin's place. I have actually never played into Super or, or Donkey Kong 64. It is Blast, a great blasphemy, game. I know. Uh, I know. I you tell me every time we talk about Donkey Kong. Uh, <laughs> uh, like eventually, we had the PlayStation. Like we got a play, PS One and a PS Two. And uh, when we had the PS One, still our parents would get us N sixty four games because growing up, no matter what console you were playing, your parents always called it the Nintendo. <laughs> that was. But I would also argue our parents were smart. Because the, the Nintendo 64, you could play four players all the time. Oh, yeah. At the cost yeah, yeah. of four controllers. The PlayStation, you had to buy an expansion. I, I remember getting my PS1 off a kid I went to high school with. I paid mm-hmm. cash for it with my paper route money. And I got I got a few games. But that's when I started playing like the Maddens, the NHLs, all that kind of stuff. Like I had NHL for Nintendo 64 and it was fun. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was different. Yeah, and I got my hands on my very first copy of Grand Theft Auto. Right, and then your parents were like, "We are not letting little our little Shawnee play any more games like this." No, my my biggest regret, in all honesty, is giving up the original consoles and trading them in to get other stuff. God, I was stupid. I know, so yeah, dumb. we were we were dumb. <laughs> but like, we're also from the generation that played with their shit. And that can yeah. never be taken away from us, right? Yeah, exactly. We experienced things. We lived. Yeah. Uh, Do you have any, like, really big favorite Christmas memories before we go? Honestly, um, it doesn't involve any video games. It doesn't involve any movies. It's just I remember. And this is kind of, like, what I am striving for and hoping to have in the future when I have a family. Um, I remember. You know those porcelain? Do you ever see those porcelain Christmas trees that have like the 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 light on the inside, but then it was like the light bright kind of like plastic ornament things so the light would shine through it? Yep. We yeah, we so, have a we have a ceramic Christmas tree because Or a um, ceramic, part, yeah. Part part of my family is Ukrainian. Yeah, so um we had well my, my mother has one and it's it's only about uh I don't know, it's it's less than thirty centimeters tall. It's probably about maybe I don't know, 20 centimeters. So that's how many inches is that for four inches for our American listeners. Um, and I remember sitting in uh, our living room, the, all that was the, the lights of this uh, like ceramic Christmas tree, the lights of our real Christmas tree. Uh, all the other lights were off in the room. The front window was, or the, the front like window, the blinds were open. It was snowing like the big, soft fluffy snow that just falls slowly right and so you kind of just see that and i just remember sitting there in the dark with my with my parents sitting in there and you know i was just just we're just hanging out i just i don't know reading a comic or something like that reading a book and honestly like that is one of my favorite memories because it was just like this is what what christmas and the holidays about it's just like being able to spend that time together and have every, at that moment, everything was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Like you didn't have to, you weren't worrying about school or work or video games or, you know, movies or anything like that. It was just like, this is, it was the most relaxing time that I can remember in a very long time. And uh, I think that's the one thing that I miss about, uh, you know, as we, we get older, right. Christmas and everything becomes hectic and busy and all that stuff right so uh it's it's 
I don't know. That's that's one of my my fondest Christmas memories. Yeah, it's when the magic is still alive and you know it, right? There's there's nothing better than like the hors d'oeuvres coming out, those meatballs. You're sitting there just watching a movie, hanging out, talking, laughing, drinking some eggy milk with your family. You know, those those were yeah the days, and like yeah. they still exist, and that's the important thing. But I know like both of us have like we've long since left the nest, and we do some of our own traditional things now. But nothing beats that ever. Right? No, nothing. Honestly, nothing beats you know going home for Christmas, spending time with your parents and whatnot. And, and I know not everyone has the opportunity to do that. Right? They might not necessarily have the the best relationship with their parents, but I think as long as people get the opportunity to spend Christmas or spend the time with people that they see as their family, might doesn't have to be blood blood family just it could be your best friends it could be people that you you grew up with hell it could be someone that you just met a few months ago but you just click with but having those uh those moments where you can spend time together and not worry about the outside world and just enjoy the time together that's what is uh that's what makes christmas and the holidays is very special 100 percent. and from david and i we want to wish you all a merry christmas we will we will be back next week. We promise. <laughs> Even though I, I might have alluded to a few weeks ago that we were disappearing after this episode. Uh, we just, again, want to thank all of you, right? Thank you for being with us, listening with us. And th- this holiday is for you guys. It's for us. We wish you nothing but the best happiness, safe travels, be safe, please. And if you're listening to us, just before Christmas, we've made an extra Christmas wish just for you to have glasses full of eggy milk, bellies full of chocolate, and just a wonderful happy time for myself. Wow, wow, nice. And the eggy milk monster himself. He's so cool. Some days. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We will catch you on the next episode of the Scene on Screen podcast.